are here back for another episode of Bad Breaches on the other side, the better side of finals. Of finals, yes. Yeah. Well, less relative. Maybe not mm. the better side. We'll, we'll better for out. now. Yeah. 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 It yeah. feels better. Um, <laughs> and this week we have a very special guest. Very special guest. Who are you? Uh, my name is Tony. I work in the career development office. And I am the two of you. Did I say that right? Um Career counselor. Yeah. For the section. Mm-hmm. Some would say the best career counselor For the best section. Yes. Yeah. That's very kind. <laughs> did you did you choose Section Z? Did you know we would be the best? Or? Well, it just works out that way. Um, <laughs> so Section Z has... There's a long history of this, but the, the short version is that um, there are three frontline counselors and... Section Z was available when I started, so I, <laughs> I did Section Z, uh, which is funny because I was a Section X uh, in law school. Yeah. So, um, but the professors are all different now. So, uh, yeah. it all of them, even Professor Torrance. Uh, Professor Torrance <laughs> was here. Uh, <laughs> Professor Torrance has a, a long and awesome history. At, yeah, he does. He, yes. Here at the law school, um, he is. Um, yeah, he was. He'd been here. I think it was a baby professor when I was here. And there's a couple of other professors. Um, uh, one of the contrast professors uh, mm-hmm. was here. Yes, yeah, um, definitely was. And he is... Section-wise professor contracts. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and as amazing then as he was now. Um, but, you know, there's, there's very few of the... the um, professors who were here when I was in law school who are still here. There are several like really young professors, actually. There are. Yeah, there has been a push. Uh, that's one of the things that uh, this dean and the prior dean have, uh, towards the end of, of her her administration and the, and the current dean, really um, making the, the faculty, uh, especially the academic side of the faculty, um, younger mm-hmm. um, and more... Um, you know, it, there, it's the great thing about having uh, long tenure professors is that you get a lot of continuity. Uh, the downside is you almost become siloed in the um, in the like the big picture, high minded academic things mm-hmm. that the school yeah. gets known for, uh, which is, is can be good, it can be bad. But we do have a lot of really young, bright professors that bring a different energy right. to, yeah. but just not just the classroom, but the academic and. Frankly, outside the academic world of the law school. This is actually a little bit of an aside to what we're going to talk about, but there's an interesting point to that. Our contracts professor taught another section's contract professor who taught another contract, the other section's, uh, no, 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 torts, torts all the way down. Our torts professor Mm -hmm. for our section Mm -hmm. taught another section's torts professor, Mm -hmm. and their torts professor taught the third section's torts professor. So, I mean, that is, I mean, that's the levels of... Uh, we've been here a while. Yeah. Professor Torts has taught a yeah. lot of people. Yes. <laughs> yes, he has. Um, and, you know, the cool part about it is, so I am in my, I mean, I've been doing this for 18 years with the exception of a four-year break when I ran a nonprofit here in town. And um, I've I've worked long enough now that I've seen people who are students come back and be professors. Yeah. And uh, so I was at a prior university in between my two times here at the, at, at at our university, and um, it was really cool because we had a I had actually had a student right. who um, did not he did he did fine but he didn't do what you would traditionally consider to be um, academically well enough to be a law professor. Yeah. And he and I were brainstorming about what to do, and we settled on go get a PhD in something. Um, you know, 
and then develop a body of academic expertise. And now he is the leading expert on um, trademark and copyright awesome. of recipes. That's... <laughs> um, and he was his first teaching, uh, full-time teaching gig was at the university I was at while I was working there, which That's was awesome. really cool to see him come yeah. in yeah, yeah, yeah. and work there. And of course, my contracts professor is now a professor at that law school too, so we overlapped for yeah. a little bit uh, while I was there. Well, that's, I mean, that's the perfect segue, I think, into where we're at. I mean, talking about <clears throat> grades and expectations and who we want to be versus like who we can mm-hmm. based on our grades. Um, will you give us a little pep talk for a second? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> here's the best pep talk I can give, and you two have heard this before, is that the first thing is your grades won't define you. They they do guide the things that will be available to you. Um, since I know what both of you want to do, one of you enters more for, which is fine. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean you're forever, if things don't go well, you're forever blanked out of getting to do those things. Um, the corollary to that is that I, if you're listening to this and you're a dear listener, if you're a law student, um, don't let the grades define you. If you came to law school to do a thing, go do that thing. It doesn't matter where you are in the class. Now, obviously, if you came to law school to do big law and you have grades that are not in or nowhere close to that, I mean, that's a much more difficult path. And, and the path may be foreclosed, frankly. Uh, and if it is, it is. We'll figure that out. Um but don't be something you're not just because you got these grades. Now, the, cap, the other caveat to that is do a clerkship. If you have the opportunity to do a federal clerkship, do a clerkship. You're missing out. It doesn't matter where you do it. Um, you went to practice law in Brunswick, Georgia, um, and you don't get a clerkship in Brunswick, Georgia. Don't just throw your hands up and walk away. There are plenty of other places to do a clerkship. And when those opportunities come along, you just can't turn them down because frankly, they're just not there again. Um, So that is the one side of the pep talk. The other side of the pep talk is, as long as you graduate, you came to law school, you get a law degree, (laughs) right? Um, The sucky part about grading on a curve um, is that it necessarily says you're one thing. And what it does not say is that you are going to be a bad lawyer. Frankly, I, I think there are plenty of attorneys who graduate from our school and other schools who were middle of the class and much lower who were stellar lawyers. Frankly, there are a lot of people at the large, large law firms that say they only interview at certain places who had those grades, but they went out somewhere else, made their name, got a book of business, or however they did it, wound up at those firms. Remember, the grades are a, specifically for the large firms, is a marketing tool. It is their way of measuring themselves against their peers. And um, the most important thing that I can tell any one law student, uh, if a student comes to me with grades and they're freaking out about it, it's like, look, are you going to pass? That is the baseline matter. Um, Sure, you know, if you are struggling to stay in school, we're having a different conversation, but that will only happen, that may not happen to anybody in your class, it may only happen once, literally once or twice every other or three years. So the, the, the other part of the pep talk, and this is the let's get real part, is that grades do matter, right? Um, because it is the way of sort ordering, mm-hmm. um, sort ordering within the class. And we will have programming on that once we get back in the new semester. Um, it's important for all of you listening, whether you're at our law school or another law school, to you know, lean heavily on 
people who are not invested in seeing you freak out. Um, <laughs> that is my very flat way of saying that uh, one of the sports of second and third years is to make up stuff to scare law students. And um, so let's just, just be real about that part because you can wind up putting yourself in a really bad place if you're not carefully considering where your information is coming from. Now, it doesn't mean second and third years aren't a good source of information. Of course they are. Um, but like all things you read on the internet, take it with a grain of salt. Right, right, right. Um, so right now we're in this place where we're like, one weight, the weight of exams has been taken <clears> off <throat> of us, and now like another weight has been added of how do we go about finding a summer position, what kinds of things should we be doing over the break. And both of you have waited per my instructions, right? Yes. Yeah. Generally. Okay. Yeah, yes. we, awesome, yeah, no, 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 awesome. We, um, I did not think about a job. Good, no. good. Because... Like it's what December seventh. You've got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know the the most important thing that especially if someone wants to do big law, do the holiday parties. It's now's the time to put your resume out in front of those employers. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, well, shall I wait for grades? Well, here's the thing about waiting for grades. If you get someone interested in you and you're on the cusp, um, if they're interested in you and you're on the cusp, you know, kind of their their own biases about their judgment will lead them to think, yeah, we can go, we can, we can do this, right? But if you don't and they aren't interested in you before and they see whatever the grades are, it may bring them down. So one thing I would encourage people to do, if you're interested in big law, um, you should send your resume out to those firms. You know, like if you're making a point of going to the holiday parties, for example, mm-hmm. you know, if, if your point of going to the holiday parties are to learn about these firms so you know who you want to pl- apply to or potentially work for in your second summer, you should, they should have your resume in a cover letter. Um, and, and as a side to that, no one should freak out if they don't end up with these firms in the first year because first year hiring is a, again, it's a marketing tool. It's a, it's a loss leader for firms to get their, their, their hands on someone who they might not get in the second summer or um, to maintain contacts with the school or frankly to hire a, a strong voice in the first year class, right? Um, which I think bodes well for, for you. Uh, but uh, if you're listening to Bad Breaches, obviously it, it bodes well for you. Um, but the, the other piece of advice is now is also the, the time without the pressures of school, frankly, without classmates in your ear in the library, to really think about why you came to law school and evaluate if the reasons you came to law school and what you wanted to do, um, whether you talked about that in your coaching session, your counseling session, or just among your friends, mm-hmm. If that still holds, and it's fine if it doesn't, um, because you know we're about to enter a somewhere between a three-week and, and six-month push to find something for summer. Um, I'm, I feel like I've discussed this with both of you, but the, you know, kind of my approach is you want something the first summer, and if it's not directly on point, it doesn't matter. You want something the first summer. You want to show you're getting legal experience, and then opportunities work you know, in your favor more if they, they generally fit in what you want to do or you can show a narrative, a path, a way of how you got from point A to point B to point C and point C being August 2021. Um, and, and kind of the last thing is take some time, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most important thing you can do. Honestly, it's the most important thing you can do. It is the holidays. You have gone through this Traumatic. Three, yeah, yeah. four-month four month run right. uh, that ended with a four-week sprint. <laughs> um, 
in the, you know, one of the things that universally yesterday when finals were over, everyone said, I'm not quite sure what to do with myself. We, one of your classmates yeah. was saying that, but that was the sense I got from a lot of people, and yeah. you always get that. Um, it's okay to take some time. You have gone through a lot, and you have a lot in front of you. And I know one of the themes of the podcast is about the self-help part, but I, I can't overemphasize that. Give yourself time to recharge. Whatever it is you do to recharge. If you're, if you like to watch Netflix, watch Netflix. If you like to run, I don't know why, <laughs> go run. Um, put yourself in a position to show back up here in January, ready to do this again because yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. I mean, I I just ordered Michelle Obama's book, <clears throat> oh, you so I'm gonna read it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. My eyes hurt. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if reading is exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna try to though. So you know, it's funny you're talking about reading. Um, I. I have stress dreams around finals now, oh, 20, 25 years after oh, law school. Really? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I, I increased my reading uh, around finals. It's really weird, considering I hardly ever read during finals in law school. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, the stress is really that real. And it's mm-hmm. not a, it's not a, is a palpable thing around the building. And, it's, and frankly, it's just a part of the law school life. One thing you won't learn in law school is that it gets, the stress part gets worse in practice, um, which is why you need to learn good habits now about how to mm-hmm. use what downtime you have whenever that comes to really get your headspace in a good place. Because if you don't, yeah. you'll just burn yourself up in your first five years of practice. Right. Um, so, I mean, this not, it's more than just learning about law school now. It's mm-hmm. learning how to manage the stresses of the practice of law, which is coming soon enough. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, um, so on that note, um, getting... That wasn't the uplifting part. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's, you know, it's good. Um, like, oh, okay, so I'm just going to drop whatever. Everything. It's just Everything. fine. Everything. It's just fine. Yeah. Um, so you, you said that we don't need to necessarily worry about um, finding a job that's directly on point for our end goal. So, like, if we want to go into Bangalore, we don't necessarily have to, like, work in some big firm our first year. Um are there certain things that are certain opportunities that are better to pursue um, if you're interested in like public interest, for example, like would it be better to try to get a job at a um, like public defender's office or something like that? Well, I think when you, when you sit down and think about what you want at your, at your first summer is, okay, how does that fit into the narrative of what I want to do with my life? Because let's take public, uh, mm-hmm. public defense, for example. Um, There'll be opportunities to work in public defender offices this summer, whether it's through our um, local law school consortium's job fair or the school's good relationship with a lot of the public defender offices in the state and other states. Um, you will have opportunities. Now, the, the downside is almost all of them are volunteer positions. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, just that's, it's, that's not a hard thing to figure out, right? You just follow the money. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, if, if clients work for free, I mean, clients get services for free, that generally means students work for free. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you, but, but public defense, there'll be other opportunities down the road through our clinical offerings and other mm-hmm. summers to do some experience. So if you wanted to go off path, you wanted to work in a private law firm just to see, you know, and maybe I do want to practice private law. I don't know. I, I've never really been in a law firm. Um, and, you know, you're from a town, let's say you're from a small town in West Georgia. And you had the opportunity to reach out to an attorney in that town who said, hey, you should call me up. I might have a place for you. It's a good summer gig, right, yeah. to have that experience, to learn what it's like. Because um, 
you will get as much experience working for a sole practitioner in a small town um, or, or a bigger town for that matter um, as you would work in a public defender's office. And you will still have the opportunity through our clinical offerings to do the public defense work. Right. Um, where, you know, kind of where a couple of places where I try to encourage people to really think long and hard about what you're doing your first summer um, relate around, like if you came to law school because you wanted to be a JAG, would you need to get direct experience you'll use in a JAG. That's usually criminal experience first summer, right? Um, or one of the internships with one of the branches. Um, that That's kind of a biggie. And it's not the end of the world if you don't, it just helps. Uh, the second is if you're from Georgia and you want to go out of state, or you're from out of state and you want to stay in Georgia, geographically you want to think long and hard about what you're doing. Again, because we're lawyers and we're good at narratives, we can come up with reasons why. And, and actually, they can be legit, right? If you, you just, you need to have a paying job, you're from Chicago, mm-hmm. your family has a law firm in Chicago, and they're going to pay you 25 bucks an hour. Well, right. do that. Call can your show. cookies yeah. in Chicago, make <laughs> yeah. the money, and come home. <laughs> right? I mean, you just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those are the two biggies. Otherwise, everyone wants to do something, we'll do something. Um, and that is... Now, that doesn't mean you're gonna get to do what you wanna do and for pay, which is one of the reasons I'm proud of what this dean has done and others at the school have done to push funding for summer public interest opportunities. Um, you know, the, our, we're getting ready for our auction in a couple of months, which is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and it's going, you know, we, there are some other opportunities out there. And the dean personally figures out ways to, to, to make sure everyone gets something. Yeah. There's no promises of that, of course, uh, that, that is wholly dependent on um, the generosity of our alumni. And they have been extraordinarily, extraordinarily generous for the past few years. Um, so, you know, we have, we want to build a, and just because my focus is public interest, we want to build a, um, uh, I guess, a, culture yeah. of it being okay to accept opportunities not in private law practice and not just that make it so students have the opportunity to do that in a way that doesn't set them behind yeah. um, and the other way that Dean has done that is he has been extraordinarily focused on overall student debt load I'm sure during your recruitment you heard how our overall student debt load has gone down um, and that's something I think we all should be proud of. It's still high. Um, I, that that trust me, that bothers me. Advising yeah. the students, right. I, I advise, um, and you know, I'm always thinking of. We are always thinking of ways how we can make it easier for our students to go into the practice, um, particularly public interest practice, small firm practice, places that aren't going to pay um, necessarily pay the top dollar. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, because both of you could be gainfully employed and probably very well gainfully employed if you chose not to go to law school, right? right. So there is an opportunity cost of giving away with that. You know, I want you to be able to go do what you want to do. Right. And, you know, I, I really try to think long and hard about ways to do that. We appreciate it. It shows, yeah. yeah. Um, so me and Joy have been talking about uh, networking at holiday parties and what that looks like. So, like... What kind of what do we even talk? What do you talk about? Yeah. What do you wear? I just feel like I'm bad at networking. Well, um, I think it's appropriate you came to me about what to wear, uh, <laughs> being the GQ model I am. The uh, so almost all of the invitations will have to tell you what to wear. I always advise people to dress a notch higher than what they ask for. So business casual, I think for men, slacks and a sport coat. Yeah. Um, for ladies, a um, probably get away with a pantsuit or uh, yeah, twin set. 
something like that. Did I use the right terms? Um, the, uh, I've been married a long time. I know these terms. Um, so, you know, but, you know, you try to dress a notch higher. Unless they ask for, you know, business attire, then don't wear tux. Um, but, you know, you, you know, the impression you want to make is not about your clothes, right? You want to blend in. And as hard as that is for some of some people, uh, particularly some of your classmates, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying I've had this discussion several times, yeah. obviously. Um, you know, that's the first thing. It's just, it's just, guys, it's, it's not about, it's not about the dress. It's about the, what you bring to the table. Now bring it, what you bring to the table. Most everyone's going to want to talk to you, right? I mean, if attorneys are taking time out of their lives, uh, during a very busy time, because remember law firm billing cycles were operate on the year, um, so if someone's taking 45 minutes to come talk to law students, the giveaway is they're given a real opportunity to right. spend time with family or bill hours. Uh, so they're going to be, they're invested in being there. Uh, so that part's not terrible. You know, it probably should go without saying, um, nurse a drink. <laughs> uh, um, you know, this is not a, uh, this is not a free dinner um, in, in drinks opportunity, you know, over the course of a couple hours, if you have a couple of drinks, it's fine, yeah. but it's not, you know, you're not, you're not there to see who can drink the most Merlot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and, and the other thing is kind of think about, and we talked with y'all about this over the semester, think about what your brand is and what you came to law school for. And if you came to law school because you wanted to go save the the world and you're in front of a law firm whose client includes folks that might not fit that, think long and hard about how you answer that question, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the quickest way to get tuned out. If you, people, hey, why did you, you come to law school? Well, you know, I really hate environmental polluters. Really, <laughs> you know, I really want to fight against uh, people that want to change environmental regulations. Well, you know, you're standing in front of an attorney who's dedicated their life to protecting corporate interests and they don't view it as fighting environmental regulations. They view it as creating markets to let the markets figure that out, right? right. And, you know, you've suddenly been tuned out. They go back and make a note to the recruiting people. It's like, leave this hippie alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's, and, and that, that can make a mark against you. Now, if that's truly how you feel, you're never going to fit in there. So yeah. that's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. But you, you kind of want to have a good sense of what you're, what you want your brand, what you want to project your brand to be. Because, they will walk out of there and they will talk to their colleagues and they will talk to the recruiting staff. And, you know, nothing may come of it for this summer, but if you apply to interview with them in the second summer, it's going to come up. I mean, they are really good at figuring out recruiting and keeping notes. Um, and every year we hear people to get interviews based off of these. They, they just like, hey, so-and-so said you're really impressive. Can you come back and talk to us in January? It happens. Uh, and I can think of a, I can think of a third year that's graduating. She has worked exactly one place, had exactly one interview, and it was a firm she met during the firm visits, uh-huh. who asked her to come in an interview, who asked her to come in first summer, who made her an offer in the first summer for second summer, and then she's going to work for them after graduation. That's awesome. awesome. So now that's not obviously your mileage may vary. That's not everybody's right, right, experience, right. but it does happen. Yeah, knowing that I mean, because at first I wasn't taking that as seriously. We just like when we when we first learned that like holiday parties were a thing. I just thought oh, I'm gonna be exhausted after finals. Right. That's not something that I necessarily need to devote my time to. Also, like you said, I don't know. I got, I maybe I got a bunch of wrong information from a bunch of two L's and three L's, but they were like, it's not worth your time. Don't bother going. So then I was just like, oh, okay. Um, so you bring up a a good point. Um, there are a lot of things you will do 
in your job search that is not directly related to finding a job. Right. And be careful about, I mean, this is a drumbeat for me, be careful about hearing, that's not worth your time, you're not getting a job out of that. Well, yeah, you're probably not going to walk out of there with a job. I mean, this is a this is a mixer, right? right. This mm-hmm. isn't, they don't, they don't show up with 14 envelopes with job offers in them and hand them to 14 <laughs> people they like. Um, the bachelor. And, yeah. right, no, right, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, that's not how this works. Right. This is more along the lines of, um, you know, I'm terrible at pop culture references, so I won't even try. Um, I just got lucky on The Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch The Bachelor, you shut up. <laughs> so, um, you know, this is actually more along the lines of what it's actually going to be like out when you practice law, building building business. Right. You don't go to the Chamber of Commerce meeting because you think you're going to walk away there with $500,000 for the business. You go there to meet the people who are going to tell you about the business that you're going to have to go earn. Right. And if you take the approach that everything, you know, well, I'm not getting a job there. Why am I doing it? And yes, that was intentionally put with that inflection because I've heard it out of people's mouths that way. Um, then you're already missing out on a very important part of what the biggest part of your law practice is going to be if you're in the private practice of law, which is building business. And that's something that you don't get taught in law school very much. And we try really hard to, but it's hard to fathom, right? That pra- the actual physical practice of law, the, the looking up cases, the writing briefs, the arguing with co-counsel, the, the managing clients, that's only part of it. Right. The other parts of the business side, which right. is bringing in business, managing business, cultivating business, figuring out who is who what your client base what you need your client base to look like. And if you you can go a long way in figuring out how best to do that now in non threatening, non harmful ways, right? Because like if you go to a holiday party as a first year and you just say something totally embarrassing, like utterly I can't believe I said that. You <laughs> used the wrong word in context. Um, you know, you're more likely to be forgiven for it now, um, or you show up and have the wrong dress on, right? You you, know, you dress like your Ally McBeal, and you really, <laughs> the, the dress code is Boston legal, uh, or whatever. I, I told you I sucked at this. Um, you you give yourself an opportunity to come back from that, whereas you do that when you're practicing law, you just get written off because right. there are there are literally hundreds of other attorneys with the exact same skill set, exact same ability. Um, so you, that's, why we, that's why we do the speed networking. That's why, mm-hmm. we, that's why we try to bring as many attorneys as possible back to campus. That's why we offer opportunities for students to go to Atlanta and meet firms. Because this is practice for what the, really the practice of law is like. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So with that, let's take a break. Okay. And we're going to come back for a, Q, a quick little Q&A. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right, we're back. Woot. Um, so, Tony, we have some questions that we have gathered from our various um, colleagues and classmates. Um, the first one actually comes from Joy. Um, how can she be less neurotic about her grades? That's my own question. <laughs> well, you know, you might not have asked it in those terms, and I wanted them in those terms. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought I would tell Joy. Um, you know, I don't have... I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, that is a that's a really hard question because so much pressure is put on you about your grades. The, mm-hmm. the one thing I would say is that bombing first semester is not unrecoverable. That's exactly one sixth of your grades, right? right. And it, only half of the grades that the big firms will look at. Um, the other 
The other part about that is bombing your first semester is better than bombing your second because it, you can show, hey, I didn't quite get this. I got it now. Yeah. Um, so those, those are the two like pieces of like tangible advice I can give you. The other is, and this is hard to fathom, but when you get your grades back and whatever, whatever mourning or joy period you have about that, they're just your grades, right. and it becomes less of a thing. Uh, that's, hard to, that's hard to understand sitting here on December 7th, the day after your last final, but you, you know, not being a mental health professional, it's hard for me to say there's, there, is a, there is a right way and a wrong way to deal with that emotionally, but I just have seen that you do deal with it emotionally. Right. And frankly, you can't control any part of it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I'm not going to tell you not to, I'm not going to tell you to calm down because you're having right. a panic attack because that's, I've always known that's a terrible idea. But right. yeah, it's, it's one thing. I mean, we, I think we know intellectually and there's nothing we can do about it. Right. But it's on the other half of our brain that is like anxious and like raring to go and like needs to, well, because, I mean, we've been talking, it was funny, we were talking just before this, um, all semester we've been mad about not having great any grades, right. no reference point for how we're doing, no way for us to gauge whether or not we're, like, failing or thriving, um, and now, we, <laughs> grades are real, like, it's a thing, it's a thing that's think- out there that exists, and it's really easy to think that you're smart and you can do well when, like, you don't really have any type of benchmark to either confirm or deny that. Mm-hmm. And I think that the second that we get our grades back, it all kind of becomes real. Well, and the part about that goes back to what we talked about with grades earlier is that that's the sucky part about a curve, right? right. Is yeah. that um, based on the way curve works, every A equals a C plus. Right. That's just the way it is. I mean, there's no way around that when the curve is 3, what, 1, 5 or whatever it is. Three two, three two. Okay, three two. I mean, yeah, same same right. thing. A's yeah. a, a is a C. A equals C plus, right? I mean, right. that you just have to do it that way. Um, no, but some professors can be artful and figure that out. But that you know, professors are generally required to meet a mark within a whatever this the whatever the stats yeah. are for that. Um, so, you know, it it doesn't mean you're it certainly doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're bad at law school. It just means that. On the, on the spectrum of the day you wrote that exam, right. that's where the professor thought you fell. Um, and it's a really hard thing to figure out. I mean, trust me, it's taken me 25 years to reconcile myself to my grades. <laughs> uh, that's actually not true. I earned, I earned all my C's. But, um, the, but, but in, all, in all honesty, you do just have to reach a point. Okay, my grades are my grades, and I can only control what's in front of me. And that's... I, I'm lucky that I don't obsess about many things in Can't the really. past. <laughs> right, I just I, I'm right. fortunate I don't. Yeah. And some people don't. And some people do. I, you know, right. I'm married married to one. So, um. what's it like experience? So, I mean, we won't get our grades until classes have already started mm-hmm. next semester. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I've been going back and forth on whether or not I think that's good. Like. Will I have time to obsess over it, or will I be so focused on my new classes that I I'll, I'll like won't even have the moment to be like, uh, and have feelings one way or the other? On an individual basis, everybody freaks out a little bit because, yeah. in, I mean, like the, the median GPA for your class was what three seven three eight. Was pretty, yeah, it was right. Pretty high. Yeah. I mean, there weren't many people that made B's when right. you came to law school, and all but ten percent of the class can make B's. Yeah. Right. So, or at least a B, right? You, um, so the, the good part about the way grades are done is you're back in 
the law school world. You're not alone. You're not stuck yeah. with your, right. you know, stuck with your emotions and have to eat them or whatever it is you do to sell seed. And there is a lot to do that you can power, you can bear down and power through. Um, the other thing is, if your grades are are truly not great, and and when I say truly not great, I mean. I am a I'm a I'm a realist when it comes to grades. Somebody comes to me and is like, I made a you know I have a three three. I'm like, get out of here! Well, <laughs> I've never made B's before. I, okay, okay well, cool, cool. I got people that never made C's before and did. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not that I'm unsympathetic. I am, and I'm not going to be a, a jerk generally. But I'm perspective on that. Is perspective right. is yeah. important. Um, but there will be some people that will need some morning time, yeah. uh, and that just happens. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would encourage you to go talk to your to whomever it is that you feel comfortable talking to, come and talk to me or your career counselor or talk to your professors. You should talk to your professors. Most professors will have a uh, cooling off period before you can go talk to them about your exams. I encourage everybody to talk to the professors. Um, you need to know what you did poorly. You need mm-hmm. to what you know what you did right so you can replicate that, um, especially if you have carryover professors, right? That's, uh, yeah. that's important. Awesome. I think that actually pivots into another question really well. So... What's a good way for us to reconsider and redefine success? I mean, you're talking about so many of us came from undergrad where we were making high grades, like where achievement was something that we just did. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now achievement is going to look different in a system with a curve wherein only a certain amount of us can be the highest achievers. So what's a good way for us to, to sort of pivot and redefine what success is? Probably the most important way is think about how, where you, be realistic about where you are and how it fits into what your long-term goals are. Um, and that starts with, I came to law school to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, if you you do end up in a position where um, your continued attendance in law school is in question, you know, that's a, that's a conversation we need to have. Um, but that is, you know, that's the baseline. Are you, are you going to graduate and be a lawyer? Um, so the other part is really super subjective. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would posit that anybody who comes to law, everyone that comes to law school, nearly everyone comes to law school, thinks they're going to be in the top third. Um, stats show us that only a, a third of those people are right. <laughs> right. Um, but you, so you have to allow yourself whatever, whatever morning reconciliation, whatever it is to that. Um, the part that I, I keep coming back to for, for students is like, you know, accomplishment is uh, finishing a law school exam and, and like standing upright and not having pulled all your hair out is a major accomplishment. Right. Um, now, there's also recency bias. People are like, well, and, I, and you've heard me say this, if I graduate from law school, you can't. Right, yeah. because and I don't mean to downplay the significance of that because it's something I'm very proud of. Right, I'm I'm a first generation college student, and the fact that I went to law school is still amazes me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you as a as a law student just need to you need to be in a position to um, you need to be in a position to find out whatever it is that motivates you, and not let the fact that you are no longer like the star if you're no longer the star. Um, guide whatever your internal whatever your identity is right I guess kind of pivoting off that I'm kind of nervous about like going home and having to like explain all of this to my family Mm -hmm. and also trying to like process it myself but also 
just explain. Yeah. I don't know. This is like something that's really hard to explain if you're not in it. Yeah. Especially. And also like we're both first the first lawyers in our families right. so people that haven't experienced law school and right. don't know the the curve that's been a recurrent theme yeah. for y'all yeah right? it's like yeah well yeah. just just take some time off um like yeah that's no. not really how yeah right like now. talking yeah. like talking on the phone like well it's fine like you're you're smart you'll do fine and like that's, that's just not, not it. true it's just <laughs> yeah. not it and i mean maybe part of it is just developing a new support system that isn't based on like I mean because like when I was in call in undergrad I could just call my mom and she'd be like you're smart you'll do fine and I knew she was right yes right. <clears throat> well understand first off like I, I almost always come from a place of love yeah right? oh absolutely right. it is yeah. not it it's also okay to be an educator in this situation yeah. to to like I mean for example my my parents when when I got my first grades which was in the first year not the end of first yeah. semester. Um, <laughs> I was like, awful. I was frankly scared to death, right? Yeah. Because I had, the only time I'd make grades like that was my very first semester of undergrad, and I earned those grades too. And um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, I, I knew what the first thing out of my parents' mouth was going to be. It was like, so what happened? And basically, they were, com- they were completely, they were still, they were hurt for me. But they were completely fine with it when I explained how the curve works. Yeah. Right. right. They got that. They're right. They said, I said, look, you know, this is is a race. Um, everybody that finishes gets a law degree. Now, the way the curve works, of course, is that there are people at the top, there are people at the bottom, because that's the way statistics work. And they fundamentally got that. And I don't think, I, you know, it, it gets it, it did get to be hard at times because I, I dealt with the, the pressure on myself. Right. Of, yeah. of yeah, C pluses and B minuses. But um, you know, I think most people you talk to the hardest part's gonna be when you get your grades and people right. ask how you did. Right. Yeah. And I have to assume that's probably a question coming, but if it's not, I mean, you just pull the band off. Right. You you know, I don't think as soon as I come to my office and try to dance around, I said, just tell me the number. I mean right. like because you're and that's where I get back to the man, you got three three, shut yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Do like, gray, blah blah blah. I'm like, just tell me the number. I was like three three. I was like, dude, sit down, let's yeah. Let's just stop this, okay? Like, I was um, two points all from Callying. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, you know? Yeah. But you, as much as it sucks, it does require some education on your part to help your support system at home figure out yeah. what this really means. Yeah. Because to, to them, you know, like if, if you're listening to this and you come a family of lawyers, somebody went through law school and they get it, right? right. Um, but if they didn't, then, you know, it's it's kind of hard to suss out and you, you necessarily, the other hard part's going to be your friends that either went to MBA programs where everybody gets A's uh, or your, I'm just saying, yeah. right? no, no, or, or you're asked to leave um, <laughs> or your friends that are out working, uh, right? And they, they, um, it's going to be hard for them to, to fathom because you probably always were the, the smart right. one, the one right. that got them through classes mm-hmm. and the one that got them through stuff. Yeah, um, it's it's us having to change our perspective on what success looks like, and right. also having to inform our support system mm-hmm. that that perspective has changed. Right. right. Because I mean, I'm sure the same like A's like K through right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is just was expected. Like I remember I made an A minus one time. My mom was like, "Are you okay?" Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> just that being the well, 
you know. And I had, like, a really weird conversation with my mom because she was like, you're putting so much pressure on yourself. Like, the only one that's putting this much pressure on yourself is you. And I was like, I don't think that's true. Like, I think mm-hmm. that, like, up until now, it's been you. And now that I'm having, like, a breakdown every day, you're like, oh, wait, maybe that's a lot. Yeah. Because, like, the perspective <laughs> has shifted mm-hmm. and, like, now I can't know that I can just, like, work hard and know everything and I'll still get an A. Because, like, at the end of the day, it might it's not, not be exactly. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I have, I have three young kids, right? And I have two children that do really well academically and I have one that doesn't. Um, and he, he, frankly, he just struggles. He has, mm-hmm. he's ADHD, he has um, dyslexia. And, you know, but the thing my wife and I have always tried to say is like, I, I want, I want, all I want to see is effort right. and that you care. And that tells me you're doing your best. Mm-hmm. Um, and, as simple as it sounds, it might be you have to remind your your families that, look, I care and I'm putting forth maximum effort. Right. And that's the important part because I'm going to graduate in, in May of 2021. Y'all going to come to Athens and see me walk across the stage with a funky tam on my head. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of what that they need to pay attention to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird. It's hard. It's oh, weird. it's hard. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we've gone, like, however many years, 14, 18 years of, like, being really good at school and, like, right. just being, you know, and I don't know how much effort you had to put in in Not undergrad much. and in high school. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. I'd say the same. Yeah, like, just, like just, undergrad, I breezed and yeah. Yeah. to the point where I had friends challenge me, oh, your major's so easy. I said, tell you what, you pick a class that I can take in your major, which was engineering, uh, and I'll pick a class that you can take, and I'll, I'll go easy, right? Yeah. And I said, they said, well, it's not fair. You're like a superstar. And I said, tell you what, I'll, I'll ramp it up. I said, I'll sit in the back of the class on the windowsill unless the professor makes me sit down. I said, and I said, I'll still make good grades. I'll make grades in both. It was just easy, it's right? Outrageous. I just got it. Um, and then, which frankly, why I didn't do well my first year of law school because I thought I could put the same effort mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And by the time I figured out what effort I needed to make, put in, it really became a balancing act. Okay, I don't want to do big law anyway. I just need to get the degree. I need to not have an awkward conversation in the associate dean's office. Right. Um, so, you know, that's why, that's where my grades were where they are. I mean, I could have been a B or B plus student if I put the effort I see all of y'all put in. But I just... I like playing Sega Genesis and hang out with my <laughs> So that's how old I am, by the way. Uh, but I, I, I just, you know, so I would put in, I'd put in enough effort that I wasn't in danger of failing. Right. Um, right. And that's not an illegitimate way to approach it for some students. And I'm, I, you know, I have this conversation all the time in second and third years about, look, you don't worry about your grades. That, you know, we have 90 plus percent employment here. And, that means some people in the bottom of the class can get jobs. Yeah. Um, and I know some people in the top of the class are still looking for jobs because, you know, they, for whatever reason, lightning hasn't struck for them or, or whatever it is. And I know, like, I can think of somebody who just graduated who is now, like, already a month into practice calling us, hey, we need more lawyers here because he hustled. And he, you know, academically, he was, eh. But he worked his tail off. Right. He got out and did all the networking things. He got out and, like, he, I mean, he just hustled mm-hmm. and landed in a great spot and has a great gig. And you see that up and down the class. And the, 
it's hard not to, especially after having gone through a year and a half applying to law school, where you get on TLS and other places where they tell you about how yeah. hierarchical everything right. is. Yeah. And then also you go through the whole rubric of um, first year, especially your first semester, and grades are everything, and you hear from all the classrooms, grades are everything, to break that that hold on your psyche. Right. Um, now, do grades matter? Again, that goes back to what we said. Sure, they do, um, especially if you want to do certain things. Is it the end-all, be-all, an identifier of who you are? No, and I guarantee you there are people walking around this hall that you think have great grades don't, and there are people walking around this hall that you think, no way they got good grades, and they're all going to questions, and that's just the way it is. Right. Okay, I guess. You want to do, give us, like, one last piece of advice? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, the, the thing I... The thing I keep coming back to, and the, and the reason I do this, is that it's fun. It's fun watching young attorneys discover who they are and what they want to do with their career. Right? I mean, it's really thrilling for me when that thing clicks, whatever it is. Um, don't let whatever the pressures are, whether in this building or outside this building, dictate that for you. Be you. Do you. And if your grades are you know, we talk about grades a lot because, you know, frankly, that's what y'all, y'all freak about. Um, if your grades are such that, you know, people say, you should apply to this firm, you should apply to this firm, and that's not your thing, don't let it be your thing. Because that's, this is your law degree. This is, I mean, as invested as your families are, it's not your, your mom and dad's, it's not your aunt and uncle's, it's not your significant other's, it's your law degree. And yeah, you got a lot of people supporting you, you got a lot of people behind you on this, mm-hmm. but it's your law degree. Do with it what you want. Okay. All right, perfect. Okay. Can I ask one last question? Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like my brain is broken. Um, will that, like, fix itself? Like, I just feel like I can't come up with a coherent thought. Is this just, like, what well, it there's, is going to be? Two, there's probably two things like that. Uh, first, <laughs> off, first off, you have been, you have used your brain a lot over the past few semesters. It's so confusing. And, um... I mean, I don't know what happened after the final yesterday, so I can't answer that part. Oh, right. we made it here, so we're doing Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. It gets better. Okay. It does. Great. It really does. And I know it's a hard thing to, you hear this from second year, this is the one thing they're right about. Second year's harder than first year, work-wise. It just is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just is. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's fine. But, you know, it's not any harder than it will be when you practice law. And there comes a point where five years in your practice is like, wow, this is exactly what it was in law school, but it doesn't it didn't matter. I mean, I, I got this. And part of that's a maturation of your ability to, to handle this sort of high-level thinking. And frankly, thinking like a lawyer, right? Because that's the hard part of all of this is the thinking like a lawyer piece is not, it's not something specific. It's the, the long-term use of your brain in that way. Yeah, right. it'll become the new normal. Right, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Great. So just like take take two days to not do anything. I'm turning off all of the lights. Yeah, I know you're gonna. I'm just gonna sleep. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm gonna try not to think. Um, it'll be great. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, with that, do you have something else? I don't. Okay. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank, thank y'all for having me anytime. So yeah. happy. Um, we're your bad reaches. We might need another episode after we get our grades. To yeah, to like reconciling that. Happy to do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so we hope to see you soon on the show. Yes. Um, remember, rate us, review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Email us at badbreaches at gmail.com. We love some fan mail. Mm-hmm. We do. We love some fan mail. Um, we're 
yeah, and we're tired. Share us with your friends. Yes. Your family. Um, catch up on all the episodes you haven't listened to yet because you've been studying for finals like good law students. Yes. Um, and if you're in pre-law, um, reach out to us for questions and we'll do our best to answer them. Yeah, so yes. thanks so much and right. bye. Bye.